0: And I'm Terry. And this is the Monday, Monday Mindset, Mindset Podcast, where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you. So
1: let's get started with episode number 68.
0: So this week, it's Daisy's turn to share something with us. Daisy, what do you have? Well, Terry, this week
1: I have been a little bit preoccupied listening to audiobooks. I got myself a new set of earbuds because my old ones weren't working uh, because I've decided to listen while I'm walking the dogs and walking backwards and forwards to the sea again, because you know, it's amazing how much you can listen to with all those, even though they're relatively short walks, some of them, when you're tuned in, you can rack up through the hours of an audio book quite quickly. And I think I mentioned before that I was going to listen to James Nestor's book, Breath, but I was already listening to a book on dog psychology. So I had to finish that one first, but I have now started and I'm almost finished actually his book. And it is so compelling that most of my listening time has been taken up with that. So I was doing that bit of a frantic scrabble this morning, trying to find something that I could listen to and then share with you. And so obviously I was not looking at the super long form podcast, but going for something a bit shorter. So I was having a look through some of the podcasts that I'd saved to listen to that I haven't really tried out yet. And one popped up and I thought, well, this one is bound to have something interesting. And it's Quick Brain with someone who's a favorite of both of ours, Jim Quick. And the whole point of this podcast is to provide practical bite size tips for people to take away and put into action straight away. So you know what he's like. He's all about teaching and he gives you information, but then he likes to tell you how to apply it and he encourages you to go and put it into action straight away. So I thought, hurrah, this is going to be the perfect podcast. And looking at all of them, they have an average length of about 15 minutes, even better, So going along the lines of the conversation we had where we were chuckling how we often come up with similar topics, one episode leapt out at me and I thought, well, I know I'll do that because Terry's just talked about stress and this will be uh, probably a slightly different take on it and it sounds interesting. So it is episode number 236 of the Quick Brain podcast, and it's called The Four Pillars of Stress Management with Dr. David Rabin. So yes, so there are these four pillars, and he was saying with most philosophies, with most systems, there are going to be a certain number of pillars that everything is built on. So these are his four pillars that he thinks are key to uh, stress management. And the order is quite important. The first one is self-gratitude. The second one, self-forgiveness. The third, self-compassion. And the fourth, self-love. And these pillars need to be practiced together and in this order. So the first one, self-gratitude, says this one is the most fundamental. It tends to be the easiest for us to grasp and express on a day-to-day basis, which we can do just by being grateful for being, for taking a breath, for getting together to chat like we're doing today on Zoom. And expressing gratitude, especially self-gratitude, creates a positive release of neurotransmitters in our brain that helps to make us feel safe and in control. And Jim steps in here and asks if um, a good way to do this is to journal all these pillars. He says he assumes this will be helpful because he thinks that the first step for any transformation is a conscious, mindful awareness. And he interjected a great tip here, which was tied to um, journaling and writing down your experience of these different pillars. And he says changing the language you use during the day when you're faced with challenging moments can be so useful. And he uses the example, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, whatever it is, I've got to do a very, very simple language change to I get to do this or that. And it's interesting, isn't it? You change just one word there and it completely changes the perspective. It's a really small but powerful perspective change. And that you have more control over things once you recognize them and become aware. And David Rabin goes on to talk about the common mistake that people make in looking at these four pillars is saying that they already do these things for other people. And that's the crux of it. We really need to get good at doing them for ourselves first so that you're in a position to really genuinely be able to do them for other people. So on to the second pillar, self-forgiveness. And an easy way to get into this one is to think about ourselves from the same standpoint as we would say our best friend. If you feel you've done something wrong or see yourself in a negative way about something or for some reason, it's about saying, it's okay, I'm doing the best I can and I'm not going to be perfect every time because no one can be perfect every time. There's no such thing as perfect you do the best you can. You try not to take things too personally, try not to set too high expectations because we will make mistakes. But what's important here is that we need to make those mistakes in order to learn from them and grow. So if we don't have forgiveness, we end up trapping ourselves in those mistakes We trap ourselves in that fear of failure, negative feedback loop. So mistakes really are an important part of our growth as healthy, happy human beings. And therefore, so is self-forgiveness if we want to be able to develop and grow. So on to the third pillar, self-compassion. And I know you're big on this and we've done at least one episode, haven't we, talking about self-compassion. And this is linked to self-forgiveness as he's described already, but he says the key word or component is patience, patience for ourselves. And patience helps to balance our self-critic. We actually perform our best when these two are in a healthy balance. A little bit of self-criticism is okay. Think about constructive criticism. And he relates this to performance. Peak performance relates to peak recovery. So we don't experience burnout. There's always a balance required rather than simply trying to eliminate the component we see as the bad one, quote unquote. But patience is infinite and true patience is accepting that things are as they should be and will unfold as they will over time. So it's it's nigh on impossible really to ever completely fully master patience, but we can learn to embrace it more and practice it. So on to the fourth and final pillar of self-love. And this, he says, is the culmination of the three pillars that come before it. So by practicing the other three pillar skills, self-gratitude, self-forgiveness, self-compassion, we strengthen our sense of trust in ourselves to overcome and deal with stresses and challenges in a productive way. And he says it's really, self-love is really about getting to know our intuitive self again and trust the messages that it's trying to send us. Think about uh, people saying things like um, gut feeling, having a gut feeling about something. This is a part of ourselves that we're all born with that is sending us information all the time, but we don't always listen to it. Maybe we were never taught how to listen or we learned not to trust it. And we were taught maybe more to trust external information coming in rather than that internal voice trying to get out. So those first three pillars build a strong foundation of trust that culminates in the fourth pillar of self-love, which also then in turn serves to stabilize the first three pillars. And self love really is all about being able to provide yourself with love unconditionally without reservation or hesitation and without asking anything in return. A good way to apply this in your head is how you would think of somebody else if you're struggling a bit with this idea of providing yourself with unconditional love. Think maybe about your kids if you've got them or your dogs, something like that. Think about how you you love them unconditionally. Well, you need to learn, the point of this is to learn how to apply that to yourself. Because he says, When we truly believe that we deserve this love, this self-love, this unconditional love, we can then go on to truly apply it to the other people in our lives. But this is what he was saying, that until you can apply it to yourself, you can't really apply it to other people with the authenticity that you need. And Jim talks about safety and feeling safe to be able to grow and thrive. The sense of well-being that you get when you're enveloped by unconditional love. That's a pretty safe space to be. And that's really the really interesting part of the podcast and all that, believe it or not, was condensed into the first 10 or 12 minutes. So (laughs) you can probably tell that this bite-sized podcast is very, very content rich. They do go on to talk about some interesting tech that David has developed and that Jim has used himself. And the idea is to basically, uh, very quickly, is to free up cognitive function that gets used up on things like anxiety. And it works by touch. They talk about how touch is really effective for making you feel safe. They use a vibration. Basically, you attach it to either your, or your wrist or your ankle as Jim uses. They talk about how vibrations and different frequencies become embedded in our memories associated with feelings. So when you apply that vibration, it taps into those feelings and it settles down the amygdala. And in doing so, frees up those cognitive resources that you've been draining on things like anxiety to apply to what you would prefer to apply them to. That very interesting podcast, I have a feeling it's one I'm going to be coming back to many times in the future. I thought that was very interesting, and I thought it would be fun to, I know it's a very different tack coming in uh, looking at the topic of stress, but I thought it would be fun to come at the same topic from a different direction.
0: One of the things I really like about what you've shared, Daisy, is I think it kind of goes back to what we talked a little bit about with the Kelly McGonigal episode about stress, but the whole idea that we can build our effective stress management abilities, we can inoculate ourselves from some of the negative impact of stress. And it sounds like he really focuses on some intrapersonal processes that make that so that can help us manage stress differently, experience stress differently and make more positive meaning out of stress rather than just negative meaning. So, it seems like a great way of looking at what Kelly McGonigal said and then looking at, okay, but how can I do this within myself? Mm. And looking at these things of self-compassion and self-gratitude and these things to really help inoculate us from the effects of stress that's going to be present in our lives.
1: Yeah, I particularly liked it wasn't really something that they spoke about much, but it was this part about how um, patients can balance out the self-critic, but it's not a question of balancing it out to the extent that you're trying to get rid of. And that for me, that really reminded me of the Kelly McGonagall episode where, you know, it's not about trying to get rid of stress altogether it's not trying to all these and we we mentioned other systems in our bodies didn't we like things like inflammation it's not does they get a bad rap for whatever reason um, usually when they're running in overdrive but they all do they serve a purpose but it's all about getting the balance right and it's finding What the counter is to it to help balance that out or maybe to help, like you say, inoculate against the impact or whatever it is. But it's it's all about finding this balance, isn't it? Rather than just trying to eradicate something because you... You have some bad experience of it. So your sort of automatic response is, well, I'm going to do everything I can to get rid of that. And that's not necessarily the answer. It's about changing that perspective, mm-hmm. like that really powerful switch from I've got to do this to I get to do this.
0: And what an incredible change from one tiny little word. Mm hmm. You know, I I focus on word choices a lot and think that they make a huge difference in our ways of experiencing things and making sense of things. And so being able to even see, even during a difficult situation, rather than saying this is horrible, to be able to say something like, this is manageable. doesn't mean it's easy. But just shifting to a word that's not so, you know, makes you want to have to avoid or escape that thing Mm. changes how you experience it.
1: Yeah, it changes the energy, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It goes from something finite to something that has growth potential. Mm -hmm. I can remember that when I was moving house. You know, I knew it was going to be a bad experience. And I knew when I was in it, it was an experience that I was enjoying. But I knew that it was going to be a good story to tell
0: later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's always something positive. That's right. (laughs) Well, even, you know, let's say, for example, you get stuck in line at a store or something and you'd rather be doing something else. The more we sit there and think, I'm missing out on what I need to be doing or I have 400 other things I have to do today, the more we can say to ourselves... You no, know, this has given me a moment to just stand and collect myself. I can just sit here and notice what's going on around me or something like that. Just changing the word choice and then what we're observing or how we're, I guess, observing our own experience of something. We can set the tone of what that experience is. And I, I think that will determine whether it becomes a negative stressful event Or a growth producing stressful event.
1: Yeah. Maybe even using that time. So you know, you're going to be stood in that queue for whatever, however many minutes, five minutes. Well, why not apply some of the new breathing techniques you've, Mm -hmm. you know, you've been learning about something like that? So you get something productive out of that time, however small it is. And it might, you know, double purpose serves to calm you down a bit or stand on one foot. Mm. (laughs) Exactly. And I've done that. I've I've not necessarily done the one foot, but, you know, doing something like um, stretching your feet where you go up on tiptoes and down up and doing something like that. So you just, you know, you feel like you're making a bit better use of your time Mm -hmm. rather than being focused on just being (laughs) stuck in a queue.
0: Absolutely. I always say this when the topic of stress comes up. I don't think it's one that we're going to solve. I think it's one for us to continue to evolve how we think about it, how we approach it, how we navigate it. But I'm really excited for people um, like the guests on this episode that you listen to and people like Kelly McGonigal and some others who are really teaching us such important things about changing how we handle stress and navigate it in our lives because it really does not have to be the negative thing that it's been made out to be. So I am going to work on these intrapersonal strategies to help me improve the way that I navigate stress in my life. So thanks for sharing these, Daisy. Yes, and I am
1: too. I can already sense that some of them are going to be challenging, but that's a good thing. So yes, something indeed to work on. In the meantime, I hope you have a very wonderful week.
0: Everybody.